business, what tools are available today and specifically how to use YouTube as well as other social media on building your business. That's what we're going to talk about today. I'm Bill Gross. Welcome to Probate Weekly. We do this every Thursday at four o'clock Pacific time. We live stream this onto YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. If you're watching those channels, feel free to um, uh, put your comments there and we will answer them as best I can live and or catch up with them after the show if you uh, put them afterwards. Um, where are the comments? Hold on a second. Somewhere is the, there you go, chat. Okay, there we go. So feel free to participate that way if you want to, but we'd love to have you live in the Zoom. You can register at probateweekly.com is the website, and that will get you to the live Zoom call. We'd love to have you come in and participate, ask questions, and uh, both chat as well as live in real life. And the more you participate in life, the more value you get out of it. And just, just a, a real quick kind of housekeeping stuff. Um, we have a group associated with our call called Probate Weekly in Facebook. We have 2,700 members. And more importantly, we have people posting, uh, I put my content there. You're welcome to put any probate-related content there to help you get more views and likes and all that good stuff. And then we also get people looking for owners, whether they're looking for data, questions from agents. We have questions looking for attorneys. We have questions looking for realtors. Love to participate for free in the Facebook group Probate Weekly. You can register for the call at probateweekly.com. We're also on all the podcasts. I, amazing to me, we have we have more people who actually listen to me on audio between uh, Apple and Spotify and all those uh, channels. Feel free to jump in. Uh, if it's audio, uh, please like us there, subscribe us there. I'd love to have you participate with us on a regular basis. So the topic we wanted to talk about today um, was specifically YouTube, how to build your business. Now, I think that everything in business and life comes down to fundamentals. You have to match the fundamentals and then you add some spice on top of that. So I think today what I'm really going to talk about will be how to use YouTube in a fundamental way to build your business. And so let's start with a couple of premises. First off, whatever you do in your business to build it, it's going to be a lot of hard work. Now, if anybody in the call, if you've been building your business and it's hard work, but you've had some success, put yes or amen if I'm right, and put no way if I'm wrong. If you've made a lot of money the easy way, put, Bill, put no way, Bill, you're crazy. You're nuts. You're just throwing your negative stuff on us. If you agree, it's going to be hard work and you're committing to that and you're just going to surrender to that. And what do I need to do to walk through walls and get it done? Then put yes or amen or whatever's appropriate. Or give me a thumbs up. Because one of my coaches is Grant Cardone. Grant says that even if your service or product is the best in the market and you give it away for free, it's 10 times harder than you would ever imagine to sell it. Now, the first time I said that, I just wanted to pass out like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I work as it is. Now, I don't work a lot of hours. Full disclosure, I work 40 hours a week. I block out time. And I work a very structured and I don't do things during work hours that and if I do, then I make it up somewhere else. When I was younger, I worked more, but I work as intense, productive 40 hours as I can every week. But I heard Grant say that like, oh my God, I can't work anymore. I need to work smarter. That's what we're talking about today is working smarter, not harder. So if you're up for smarter, not harder, you're on the right call, put yes or I'm in if that's what you want to do to participate. So as Grant said, you got to work 10 times more work to get stuff sold, but we don't have 10 times the hours, right? If you're working 40 hours a week like I am, I don't have another 360 hours a week to work. If you do, you're different than me. But what we have to do is work smarter and more productive and more effective. We're talking about how. So I'll share with you four years ago, approximately, I started as a real estate agent back in sales. I've been you know, in my generation, when you were in sales, the thought was you get promoted into management. That was a good thing, right? And in most businesses, it is. In real estate, it's not. The last thing you want to do is go into management uh, for the most part. I'm not talking about corporate executive management at, at a billion-dollar company. I'm talking about the local branch managers and general managers. For my money, they don't make as much as the top 10% of the agents in the office as a general rule. So there's part of the dysfunction of real estate is right there. But I, I went in that route and I did that for, you know, seven, eight years in management and consulting and coaching recruiting. 
And realized I didn't like it. I went to the owner of the company and said, I just don't like this anymore. I'm not loving what I'm doing. I, at that time, I was 60, and I don't want to do it anymore. And um, I started, I didn't really have a plan. I went back into sales. I knew I could sell houses. So I started from scratch in this industry about whoever, who here started from scratch? Somebody asked me earlier today, is this for new people? Yes, yeah, for you. And those of you who need to relaunch, that's for you too. I started from scratch four years ago, uh, March. So four years and four months ago. I, I went into a coaching program. All the leads at the time was coached by Chad Corbett. I see our current coach there online, Bruce, who's a great coach, still with all, he's with all the leads, but Chad, the coach then since left. Um, and I think it's part the content, part was Chad. And I was, uh, I, I was just taken by the difference from where I came from in the Mike Furry training, which was all about transactions and grinding out sales to coming from creating value because I knew it was true that the money we receive is a reflection of the value we create for other people. So somebody says, well, how do I get more business? The real question is how do I create more value for my customers and prospective customers? That was not a question I was asking when I was in my fair was how can I get 40 contacts a day instead of 30 contacts a day, right? Not more value. So I realized my business, I, I thought about probate and, and Chad challenged us to go to court one day. And I went there and discovered for me a path in Los Angeles where I was to prospect every day by going to court. So I went to court every day. I was there at 745 to 1045, three hours a day. I need to average one half contacts as defined by name, address, phone number, and email that somebody gave me to achieve my goals. And I did that. Uh, for about a year and a half to, yeah, about a year and a half from scratch and built a great probate business. And the day COVID closed the court down, I sat here and I cried. I had worked so hard to build my business from scratch. I had zero leads, zero listings, zero buyers. And, and a year later, I had a huge pipeline that just started closing loans and every deal canceled because of COVID because my deals are almost all court confirmation at that time. Not to mention the way I was getting business was completely shut down. And I, I did cry. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's not, I'm, you know, I'm not proud to admit that, but you know, it's part of life and let's be honest here. And so I reimagine my business. What can I do? What will people need? What value can I create? And I came up with the idea of creating some online marketing at the time. Initially it was conference calls. And then a coach I had, uh, Chasey, uh, Casey Eberhardt challenged us to do video. And I'm talking about the reasons why. And on one of the calls, he challenged us just to do a video a day. He said, I don't care what it is, record something and put it up every day. Pick one channel, Facebook, YouTube. I picked Facebook, which in retrospect was a mistake. But every day I record something. It was stupid. It was terrible. I was embarrassed. I just did it, kept moving on. But eventually I got a little better and figured it out. And then I moved this call, which used to be a conference call format, to a video format and started doing other videos on a daily basis. Transform my business. I moved all my lead generation from going to court to online, primarily through YouTube. And that's what we share today is what I do. So the, the, the amount of money we receive, the, the, the wages, the profit we get is a, value, is a reflection of the value we create for other people. There's three factors that go into creating value for people. There's the number of people we talk to, the quantity, there's the quality of the interaction with people, prospects or um, past customers or contacts in general. The quality of that relationship. And the third is the leverage. What do I mean by that? Quantity, obviously, the number of people you contact. But contacts are different. You know, there's a difference between sending out an email to somebody who doesn't ask for it versus replying to an email to somebody who's asked you a question versus texting, which is better versus a phone call, which is higher, versus a video, which you think is higher, versus meeting a person, which is higher yet. So a contact isn't just a contact, a contact in a certain format has different value. So there's contacts, that's the volume, the quantity side of it. The quality is where do you move the person and, and how well do you do it? Meaning who here got a bunch of July, happy July 4th emails from people? Anybody besides me get like 2,000 texts and emails, right? 
Did that make you more likely to do business with those people? I mean, I'm not against happy July 4th emails. If you enjoy sending them, you should do them. But I don't think that that's part of a strategy to get business. The quality of that communication isn't high. So if you know in math, you can have like one times one times one equals one, right? Talk to one person in an average way, quantity one, and, and leverage of nothing special one. One times one times one is one. One times zero, if you send an email out of zero value to 50,000 people, one times zero times 50,000 is what? Who knows the answer mathematically? One times zero times 50,000. Anybody else besides me know that? Okay, I know I'm embarrassing some of you. Zero. There you go. Winston's got it. Cheryl knows it. Very, very good. So if, you're, if the quality of your content is a zero, you know, what if your quality of your contact is a negative? I don't want to wade into the politics here, but we're all aware of various times where companies made statements that offended customers. And as a result, customers stopped buying their product or service. That's a negative contact, right? So as realtors, we don't want to do that. I've, I've seen realtors who put out email and got fired or got negative publicity nationally. We don't want to do that. But we also be mindful of the quality of our, of our, of our communication. And the third is leverage. Leverage is how you take something you do and multiply your activity, right? So for example, is this communication I'm doing with you right now more valuable than a blog post on this topic? I think so. If a blog post is one point, I'm thinking a video like this is worth five or 10 points. Not to mention some of you on average are gonna watch this for 10, 20, 30 minutes of an hour long podcast. A blog, a blog post you might read for a minute. So I don't know the exact math there, but I also am leveraging this because I'm talking to not just one of you, I'm talking one to many, right? Right now we have 29 people live on the Zoom. We have people on YouTube. We have people on Facebook and LinkedIn. And so the goal is for me to leverage. So you have the uh, contact one, this call, times the quality, hopefully the video is more valuable than a blog post or an email, times the leverage. And literally, I believe, you know, I calculate out that my time, each hour I spend is worth 14 hours when I leverage it properly. So if I'm doing $5 an hour work and I multiply it by 14 times, that's $70 an hour. If I do $20 of work and multiply it 14 times, that becomes $280 an hour. I need to average about my, my, I bill myself like an attorney at $400 an hour. So I try to calculate myself out that way. So again, the math is the quantity of people you talk to times the quality of that interaction, times the leverage. That's the power of one to many. And then obviously, there's a difference between doing work and creating a process that lives on past you. Meaning, last night I host a, if you're in Los Angeles, love to have you come to Brew Real Estate. I invite real estate agents in the area to come. I buy you a free beer for a real estate agent and you either register or give me a card. And I had 20 people show up and it's fun. I sit there for a couple hours, I have a nice beer, talk to people about real estate, my favorite topic, talk about other things. But the marketing of that's all automated. I spent a couple hours to set it up and the invitations go out and the reminders go out and I just show up, put down my credit card, buy, get the tickets and buy people beer. I don't do anything other than that for that event because the process is leveraging me. Same with YouTube, when you put a YouTube video on, you know, if it stays on for a while, it's YouTube's doing the work for you. They're hosting it. They're pushing out to people they think will like it. People are watching it. And so in, in average for me, each minute I spend doing YouTube videos today averages about 18 minutes of view time. I mean, about one to 18 ratio. So let's talk about what the value is. Now, I want you guys to ask questions along the way because, um, oh, uh, Beverly, you know, it wasn't much fun, Beverly, because you weren't there, to be honest about it. Really, the life of the party, the straw that stirs the drink. I, I beg her to come. Beverly uh, Morales is a, a big-time influencer here at EXP Realty locally, and she is the 
sunshine of EXP Realty in Los Angeles. Came to my party, uh, my event a couple months ago and has been back since, breaking my heart. Anyhow, uh, oh, Roger Lisi, see your hand up. Roger, what's going on? Let's get you unmuted. You're muted on, I think I actually, there you go. Can you hear Here. me now? You can hear me now? How You're about that? Can you hear me now? I can't hear you though. You can't hear me Is now. Is it me? Can you guys hear him? Uh, okay, it's on my end. Okay, hold on one second. Oh, oh, obviously. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Roger. Yes, I can hear him. That was on my end. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Roger. Okay. Um, I'm, I, I love this conversation that you started, Bill, and, and I, I go about it just a little bit differently. I'm in a different market than, than you. I'm in a, in a much smaller market than you. And, uh, uh, and, and what, what I've had to do in order to maximize my time uh, in front of people is I've had to basically grow a garden and then keep the garden uh, fulfilled and watered and, and attended to. Sure. And, and that therein lies. I think you did that in the first two years with uh, going to the courthouse. And that was where you had uh, uh, built relationships with people that would bring you business, the attorneys, and if you will. And in a, in a probate, trust, and guardianship situation, that's going to be a very important uh, garden for you to attend to. Stop by, see how they're doing, bring some uh, information to them, the latest stats that you have. Don't take a whole lot of their time, but make sure you're in front of them. And what happens to you to, to with that is that you grow the referrals from those from that, and that's the prospecting that you do to get those get those referrals. Uh, only a point in in in, in, uh, in it to that is uh, last week I got a phone call from from one of my attorneys. Previously, over the last three years, I've done two probates and a, and a divorce uh, divorce for him, and uh, if, and and managed to do it, and it was actually a really good exercise in in providing value first to those people, mm -hmm. and then uh, this uh, senior attorney in the law firm, two years, three years later, says. Roger, my cousin just died. He's renting an apartment over here and he's got all kinds of stuff. And, and Matt, uh, one of the junior attorneys says that you could, you knew people to do all to take care of all of that. Mm -hmm. Would you, would you do that? What can you do for me? I said, give me the key and let me go take a look at it. Called him back. Mm -hmm. And I said, I've got just the way we can get all this taken care of. And I said, you got how much time do we have? Let's do it. He says, I got to get him out in three weeks. I got to get everything out of there in three weeks. I said, I don't have time to call an estate seller. So let me call two of my charities and have them come out and get this stuff out. They'll leave it in broom swept condition. Mm -hmm. We did. And, uh, and he just sat there and he said, I don't know what I can do to pay. If it's not something that you're going to be making money on Roger. And I said, mm -hmm. I said, Jim, I've already, you've already helped me make money two years ago, three years ago. I've done three, you y'all have given me three referrals on, on stuff. And I really appreciate it. Don't worry about me getting paid for this. I'm helping you to do this. If you right. want to, how you're going to pay me, pay me with further referrals down the road right. and buy Hey, here's the latest uh, stuff that's going on in the market. And uh, we sat there and we talked for a few minutes and he said, I really appreciate this. And I said, how's your mom and dad? How's everything else going and, and develop the relationship on a personal level as well as a professional level. So it's the, the it, it, it takes away the opportunities or the, 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 the dreaded task of cold calling and, uh, but it uh, just continue to call. And then all of the attorneys that, you know, that, uh, it's probably not a cold call anymore. They know who you are. They know what you do. And you're able to do that. Mm -hmm. Guardianships. The other, the other garden that I'm starting to grow are are the uh, the guardians. Uh, the guardians. Well, well, were let's let's stop right there for there for a second, because I want to just I want I want to stop you and just make one point. I'm not telling anybody the way you should run your business, other than this. I'm telling you how I ran my business. And I'm going to tell you, you need to run the business that works for you. Now, I, you're right. I know you're in Arkansas and you're a smaller market and I'm in a bigger market. My market's more anonymous. Yours is more personal, right? That's where I happen to live. I, and and I, I would, between me and you, I'd love to move. My wife isn't going to let us move. We have a 
grandson four blocks away. And we have another one on the way. So we're not going anywhere. But my point is, I, I designed a plan that worked for me. I don't want to go to attorney's offices. I don't want to go out to lunch. I want to be, I want to work eight to five. I want to work out midday for an hour because I need to for exercise. I feel good. I don't want to go to lunch. I used to go to attorneys all the time. And, and when I was younger, I had a different, I, I used to enjoy going to fancy lunches. I don't want to today. So I designed what worked for me and I use YouTube to do what I do. So I'm not here to say my way is right and yours is wrong. I'm sharing what I did. And I, but I will say that I do reach out to new attorneys by interviewing them. I'm gonna get into how I'm still building my garden. I'm trying to build a much bigger garden. I'm trying to build a national garden using YouTube. You could use it in a small area too. You know, I know you just do some radio. This is really just a different way to get there, if that makes sense. Okay. I have a couple questions I gotta run off. Roger, thank you so much. Um, um, so Courtney says, or asks, I don't know if you want to jump in. I know you do uh, you do your own um, uh, video, Courtney. I'm a subscriber on his YouTube channel. Uh, his his uh, is all that in a bag of chips. Um, and it, he says, what what do you use to repurpose my content and place other platforms? I'm going to get into the details in a little bit, but you jump ahead a little bit. But I will say, technology wise, I use a, a lot of things. You know, I, I run a good sized business now. And if I can automate something and delegate or delegate something and not do it myself, I'm all for it. So, for example, those of you watching on YouTube, I'm bringing your your video in that call to a program called Restream. And if, if you want, I could put a link in the chat with that, and I think you get a discount or a free trial or something. And then Restream, I've set it up to where it goes out to my other social channels: YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and such. So that can make one, some videos I send out to eight different places. I send it to my YouTube channel, maybe my main Facebook and one or two groups on Facebook, maybe LinkedIn, one or two LinkedIn's, Twitter. Um, and we repurpose it other ways. I have a virtual assistant who takes the call, cuts into pieces and reposts that on the YouTube channel as well. And then he asked another question, which was, do I transcribe the podcast and post as a vlog for SEO? I don't do that. I, I know people do. Um, you know, look, there's a lot of things you can do and spend money and time on, and I try to pick what I'm best at. So I'm not looking for people who are searching and find me and kind of that. I'm more getting the people I want to talk to. And the term, um, I think uh, her Grant Cardone says, you want to find your prospects and smother them with your content. So that's kind of how my approach is. But that's another thing I should be doing at some point. And there's some AI platforms that will transcribe it. I just find that none of them really make me feel good when I see them. It's a lot. The the ones that are cheap aren't good. The ones that are good are expensive. That's what I find. Uh, do you have any particular question on that? Or does that kind of answer your question? Oh, that's perfect. I, I appreciate it. And um, yeah, so um, I appreciate the focus and uh, the the uh, metaphor, the analogy one to using leverage, using leverage. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, thanks. Yeah. And I use another tool, the biggest competitor of Restream is StreamYard. So when I do, I do a, my a weekly video, I'll talk about that a little bit. I do a weekly video. I used to a weekly email for years. When I started in real estate, I used to start doing an email to my database and I kept that up. Even when I was in management, I sent it out every week. It was interesting. As a manager, I got one or two referrals a year from uh, my email database. So it costs very little to do and I kept it going. When I became an agent, I would do the email, and then eventually I added kind of reading and reading the email into a video that was like my script. Record the video, put it at the top of the email, and post it on YouTube. If that makes sense. So I send that out every week. Now that's become big to where I email that out. That I take that video and broadcast it using Streamyard to multiple channels as well. And I use Streamyard because it's it's a 4K, not just HD, a little better quality. My interviews, I try to do more on StreamYard because it's better quality and it's easy to restream them to multiple uh, multiple formats. But here's my point. Start with something. You know, I I, I do some YouTube shorts. I, I'm not the YouTube short looking guy when you go through your feed, but it's amazing how many people find me there and subscribe because of the YouTube shorts I've been doing, both uh, live and, and recorded. And I, I, I would want to encourage folks too, um, if people are afraid of like saying that they're, you know, new to probate or maybe don't feel like they have that voice. That, that's one voice or anger you're coming from. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm 
looking at the page and then I'm just just sharing. I'm I'm educating myself through educating others and I don't make any qualms or, or try to hide that fact too when I share folks. I'm saying, hey, I'm learning so I want to share this with you and it's like they come on an adventure with you. And I was actually, I think I told you last time I was on here a couple of weeks ago that it was cool. I stopped in the uh, probate office and someone stopped me. Hey, you're the guy on, uh, on YouTube. And it was, uh, so it was pretty awesome to, that people can, it, that it works, that, that your words out there and I don't have to be out there every single time, but I still can be loud leveraging uh, a tool. So yeah, education. Yeah, Bruce. Yeah. Uh, marketing through education. Awesome. There you go. There you go. Well, Very also, if you look like Courtney, it's a whole different ballgame. I don't know what that's like. I got a, a little handicap. If I look like him, man, that'd be an easy, easy street. Okay. Um, and then uh, it's, uh, while we're talking here, Flinner says to me, is it possible to call you regarding a blah, blah, blah? Yeah, Flinner, that's the whole reason I do this. <laughs> it generates leads. Anybody on this call, if you're on the call, yes, call me, text me, email me if you have leads. That's even if you have questions, now a lead doesn't mean you're promising to list it with me. A lead just means to me, you have a question, you have a challenge, a problem. Nine percent of the time I help you answer a question, I have nothing to do with it. Sometimes you need some help and I can help you with it. So yeah, call, text, email me, my social media. Uh, I'm at Bill Gross Probate. I just changed over. Uh, so all my social medias now are at Bill Gross Probate or call me at my, actually my text is not working. Here's an interesting side note. I wanted to upgrade my audio, my phone business. So I subscribed to Ring Central. Well, that sounds easy enough. Port over the number, same phone number, works today. But when you go to Ring Central, the texting service, it takes five to 20 days to get approved to receive texts. I call them up and say, Hi, my texts are working. Yeah, you have to do this, this, and that. Okay, good. How long before my text is working? Well, you get approved within five to 20 working days. I said, Well, Amy, I have no text for 20 days. They said, well, it probably won't be 20. <laughs> like, it's been 20 minutes, I'm losing my freaking mind. So anyhow, it's always something with technology. Just, just know that's how it is and deal with it. So, um, okay, so learn to educate. Yeah, Bruce is right on that, that we want to educate. And I think, so I want to talk about really four ways I use YouTube kind of globally, and, and they all kind of overlap to some degree. But I want you to think about this to find the right format for you to, or the right tools for you. Number one is, Lead generation, obviously, talking to a lot of people, you know, a blind squirrel finds an acorn once in a while. Uh, if you're just stumbling around talking to a lot of people, somebody's bound to say, I have a house to sell, and there you are on the spot to do it. You're certainly more likely to get that if you position yourself as an expert. I think one of the opportunities of YouTube is I find when I go to network events and I meet, introduce myself to real estate agents, I'll say, well, what do you do? Now, I already know you're a real estate agent. Well, I'm a realtor. Oh, great. Well, what do you sell? Well, I sell, and then name off, I, you know, first-time home buyers, condos, townhomes, luxury homes, investment property, industrial, commercial, retail, bridges, and helipads. I'm like, no, but what do you do? Like, because if you don't do something really well, you're in big trouble in this business. That doesn't mean I only sell probate, though most of what I do is probate, but you know, when you meet me, you can't walk away without hearing the word probate a couple of times in a business setting. And because of that, when people think of probate, a number of them think of me. Um, whereas when you tell them you th that you do everything, you're just another realtor does everything. And they know you don't do anything particularly well. So I don't know that you need to use YouTube for probate specifically. If your specialty is your geography, if I was Roger, I might think about, I, I, I don't know the answer, but the question in my mind is, would I want to be the probate expert or the expert of real estate in a smaller smaller market if I could dominate it? I don't know the answer to that question. I certainly, if I was starting out with, as a real estate agent, would pick a geography to dominate. Maybe it's one building with 300 condos in it, or it's maybe one street with a couple condo buildings on it, or one small pocket of a couple hundred homes. But I would do videos about every single active listing, pending listing, sold listing in that area. And if you if you provide education information that people want, some of them will say to you, hey, I have a question. And that's really what opens the dialogue. So the obvious number one tool for social media and YouTube, the reason is, is lead generation. And we measure by how many people you talk to. Number two is you demonstrate your expertise. Meaning it's one thing, there's a lot of marketing we, who here besides me, maybe it's you, 
has seen real estate agents with the marketing piece with them and like 20 people. They're all, these days they're all dressed in black. They're all gorgeous young men, young women, and the agent, right? And it's the Bill Gross team of like 20 people. And you know that agent and has nothing what the business look like. Who besides me knows those people? You get those emails, right? When you ever go to the open house, you see them in real life. It's just so disappointing, right? So most marketing is easy to do because it's not effective because you're trying to tell people something that you're not, but make them think you are, right? That's why most realtors fall for the, I'm a real estate probate expert marketing gimmickry rather than really learning to be a probate expert. You know, I, and, and I don't mean to, I certainly do not mean to criticize the all the leads call and Bruce is on it is one of the hosts and coaches, but what's disappointing to me, and I know he doesn't have to admit it, but I'm sure it disappoints him is so many questions are on uh, the data and the phone calls and, you know, do I leave a message or leave a text or send an email? And so few are, I have this deal and it's a probate, but there's a problem. The attorney, this, the conservator, that, the petitioner, this, the judge, that, that's the real gold. I'm listening for an hour for those five or 10 minutes on that topic. And because if you are the expert, you don't have to talk to as many people. Uh, I, I was just on a call with a prospective listing and he said to me, well, the other agents are going out to the property before they make a presentation. This is on a small condo in Panorama City because they're gonna do staging, they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that. And I said, I'd be honest with you, they're trying to, over-dramatize the value of their service. In this, the case where there's a trust, but there's some potential dispute. The goal here is avoid objectors, avoid a lawsuit. One strategy in those cases is get the deal approved, you know, uh, uh, um, contract accepted, clear of contingencies, and get a notice of, of uh, proposed action filed as fast as possible before objectors have a chance to think about it. Because the longer they think about it, the more likely they are to find a reason to object. And these guys spent a week organizing their staging and their quotes and this and that. I'm like, dude, it doesn't really matter. You know, the house is it, the house needs to be trashed anyhow. You could sign the list with me now. I could have it on the MLS in an hour. And I could have people seeing the property Saturday and Sunday. We could be in contract Monday or Tuesday, and they're still going to give you their quote about their staging. And you you don't have the time to wait. And when I tell them that, there's no, there's, you know, he said, wow, it's a whole, your whole different level than the other agent. That's not bragging. That's just because I've been doing this now for a while. I have expertise that's valuable to them. But when I talk about that now to you, and we're going to recut this video and send it out to attorneys and, and petitioners and such, I'm demonstrating my expertise by talking about these things. And I'll give you another clue. When you ask an expert, some of their glow falls on you. Meaning if you're a brand new agent, you say, well, I don't know much about probate. Great. If you interview probate attorneys, the glow of that expert comes onto you. So your customer goes, oh, wow, Courtney, you know, attorney so-and-so, he's fantastic. You must be worthy of his attention. I'll list with you rather than an average agent. And that's another reason to do interviews with, with people. Okay, so again, number reason, number, reason number one or value number one or way to think about YouTube is lead generation. Number two is to demonstrate your expertise. Now talk about it, not pretend you're an expert, but to demonstrate, and all that means is learning, is showing one more thing the customer doesn't know. If you saw the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, Catch Me If You Can, I talk about it all the time. The part of the movie where he is a, teaching a high school class and he was the same age as the students, but they believed he was a teacher. I saw him interviewed, I think by Johnny Carson. How'd you pull that off? And he said, all I had to do was read one chapter ahead of where they were, and they assumed I was the teacher. All you have to know is one more thing than your customer does, your prospect does, and you're an expert. If you can learn it and demonstrate it, you can't just say I'm the expert, you have to demonstrate it. And then you can do that one piece of information at a time. I tell people all the time, go on my YouTube channel, take one video I did and just repeat what I said and video that. Okay, number three is, it's the ultimate lead follow-up tool, right? So somebody has a circumstance, if you have a video, anything related to that at all, oh, by the way, I was just thinking about you. I know we talked about the importance of getting on the market quickly. Here's a video I did on that subject. Well, now they see you on TV or video or their phone talking about the matter. 
It's not just you saying it, now it's the expert talking to them through the screen. Um, I know that I, I, I had one example, I've only had this happen once, but it did work once where I had a prospective seller say to me, you know, attorney called us, recommended you, we'd love to, to talk to you. We're interviewing agents on Tuesday and Wednesday. We have five interviews set up. I have an opening on Tuesday at three or Wednesday at four. And I said to him, hey, I'd be honest with you, if you think I'm one of five agents, you probably don't either need me or know who I am. I'm gonna wait, if you have five other agents to choose from, I'm gonna wish you luck, pick one of them. They're probably all about the same anyhow. And uh, I wish you luck. And if, I, and if something goes wrong, please call me. I'll be glad to help you. I help people all the time with these probate matters. In fact, I have a show on the subject. And I sent her a link to my to my to to this call. And she came back like an hour later. So, you know, Bill, I saw your video and I didn't realize, but yeah, you really are the expert. I talked to the attorney. We went ahead and go ahead and have you list the property. Oh, okay, fine. Because it's the ultimate lead follow-up. And you can say, I'm not just saying I'm a probate expert because I'm cold calling you. I'm saying an expert because I actually can demonstrate my expertise. And you can watch it for yourself and listen to it. Tasha says she likes geography. Probate's a slow process, three to four months to close. Okay. I don't know one's right or the other, Tasha. I like geography too, particularly for brand new agents. I think it makes a lot of sense. Okay. Number one was lead generation. Number two was demonstrating your expertise. There is the ultimate lead follow-up. Number four is it's the referral power tool. It's the referral power tool. What do I mean by that? So I regularly get inquiries, you know, and you, you all have seen, if you participate in my Facebook group or Chase, Chad's Facebook group or the, all these Facebook group, you'll see things like, I need an attorney in New York. <laughs> Don't even say city or state, New York. And you see a bunch of realtors saying, oh, John Smith's the best attorney. Joe Smith's the best attorney. Betty Booth's the best attorney. But what I've come to realize is that nobody's the best for all of it. They're, the best is the expert for that particular case. What do they need specifically? And so I'll ask questions. What state, what county, what do you need done? Is it routine probate filing? Is it a contested probate litigation? Is it a trust administration? Is it a conservatorship? The more specific you get, the more specific a referral I can give them. But then I attach a video of me talking to that person. So I'll say, this is a great attorney for evictions. I've interviewed three or four different eviction attorneys. They're all a little different. They all have different strengths and weaknesses. And I'll say, well, so-and-so is a great eviction attorney for your case in your area. And here's a, here's a video I did of them. I want my people to get the referrals. I want, to, I, want to, I want my farm to have all the plants around it growing nicely. Because if everybody around me is doing well, then eventually it all works out for me. So it's really important that we're able to both refer to people we want business from. So if you want business from an attorney, you want to be able to refer business to them. How do I do that? I have a video interview of them. And when I talk to somebody and refer to them, I say, oh, and by the way, here's an interview I did with them. And with every other vendor, lenders, escrow, title, I ask people all the time. I send my link out to do free interviews with people on my YouTube channel. And I'll share with you, once you get good at this, if you look at my YouTube channel on, on the content that I post, I'm gonna look at it real quick. I'll give you the actual numbers. On my, if I go to my YouTube studio and look at the content that I post, I do an interview with a banker. I got 10 views. I got, um, Different vendors, here's 12 with, so some are recuts of people I've talked to and some are interviews. But at a minimum, I'll end up after three days getting about 25, 30 views. I've seen attorneys spend $10,000 and do fancy videos and their whole channel has less views than one interview that I'll do. Now as realtors, we have a superpower because we can collaborate. I've offered to all of you on the call for free, if you have probate related video content, put it in my Facebook channel, Facebook group. I'm glad to have other people see it and help you get more views. And I've invited, Courtney's done it, other people have done it. Why do I do that? I want you to watch my view, my channel too. But if we all watch, and I'm not saying it, watch it just to increase our view count. I'm saying I want you to enjoy what I do. And I enjoy what Courtney does. I'm not saying let's all 
do clickbait and just share links. I'm saying, let's fall in love with each other's content. But here's the thing, as a real estate agent, we have company-related groups. I'm with the XP Realty. I post my stuff in XP, realtors watch it there, as well as realtors like you watch it on my public-facing stuff in Facebook. So I'll have 100 views of real estate agents before an attorney sees it. Well, what do you think the attorney sees, thinks when he sees 150 views on a, on a YouTube channel? Like, wow, that's a lot of views. I only have, my whole channel only has 150. And that interview you did last week has 150 views on it. We have a superpower by working together. The essence of real estate is collaboration. The MLS is the ultimate business collaboration. A couple of guys got together and said, hey, I got some listings, you have listings. Let's throw them together. And let's sell each other's listings and split the commission. And we can do the same thing in small bites with, with supporting each other on social media. I am not telling you, and I mean this seriously, I know that people do this. There's people who have like link parties. I have a friend who does that. I don't like it. I don't want people to watch, to click my stuff just to get my view count up. I want people who actually like what I watch, what I'm putting out, who want to watch it. I presume realtors who, I know I saw Courtney's uh, um, video when he went to court in, is it Virginia? I think in Virginia, right? Uh, a few times. Where are you at, Courtney? Somewhere out that way. See, I got you muted. I'm sorry. Oh, North Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all the same to me. I'm in Los Angeles. So <laughs> it's something you fly over to you get to the Atlantic Ocean on the way to New York or Florida. <laughs> I'm sorry, no disrespect. Okay, North Carolina in the South. Um, okay, but I found it fascinating. I enjoyed it. But because we do that, and other agents ask me, you know, well, how do I get started? I send them a link to my YouTube and they watch that. So the goal there is the referral power to attorneys you want to do business with or other vendors is the, the video becomes the ultimate referral tool. Okay, I covered a lot here. I did a lot of talking today. Normally we have an interview. I wanted this is a topic that I wanted to record to have this done. Uh, so I'm glad to answer any questions on this. Kent, I have a question related, not related to the topic I'll get to, uh, Divine, but any questions regarding specifically, oh, here's one, legacy transitions. Let me show that is, says, can I describe my typical week? So what I'll tell you is, I like a typical week. Like, I do better when the weeks are the same versus different. I crave uniformity. It's uncomfortable when it's not. Uh, basically, my goal is I'm at my desk working by 8 o'clock, which to me means I have my cup, cup of coffee, I sit down at 7.45, and I get ready. At 8 o'clock, I'm making my first phone call. And most days, I quit at 5 o'clock. And most days, 12 to 1, I'm either swimming for an hour with the swim team or walking three miles for exercise. And during the time, my, my goal in the morning is to be talking to people to generate business, attorneys, lead follow-up, people who either need to sell a house or can refer me somebody who can sell a house. And most of the administrative stuff I do in the afternoon. Um, and then I, I work... It, True confession, I work half a day on Friday. I work till noon. And then I, the other half of the Friday, I move to Sunday. It just works better for me that way. So I knock off usually at 11, 30, 12 on Friday. And then I work, uh, I do my, I try to do all my computer work. Anything that doesn't require talking to people, I schedule that for Sundays. So I'll do, I'll write content, I'll organize things, I'll do my computer work, do it Sunday. So Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday, nine to uh, eight to five with an hour break in the middle. There are days I work after hours. So what I'll do is, like, for example, last night, I host an event from 530 to 7.30. So I'll take an extra two-hour break in the middle of the day to relax, to spend time with my wife, uh, because I'm not going to work more than eight hours a day. Now, I'm 64 years old. I pace myself. Uh, I also exercise every day. So, But I also believe I work more effectively when I have a limited amount of time, because if I only have a certain amount of time, I'm going to get things done. So I hope legacy that answers your questions. That's my typical, about as typical as I can explain it. Um, okay. Uh, hey, everybody should put your contact info in. Feel free in a network here. I, I know there are some Zoom calls to tell you not to do that, but you all should feel free in my calls. Put in your information, put in your name, address, what serve, area, service, your email address, your social media handles, 
YouTube channels, put links to stuff in, love to have you um, uh, share that information. Um, so a question I got regarding a probate is, this is a great question. Divine, I don't know if you're, if you're on the call or not, there you are. If you wanna come on video, I'd love to have you, we can interact or otherwise I can just answer your question. But she asked a question, can living trust be disputed or contested? This is one of the biggest, there's two huge commonly misunderstood factors of probate. Number one by far is that a will avoids probate. That's certainly not true in California. A will is executed or administered or used in a probate court by definition. If you have a will, if all you have is a will, you're going to probate with a will. If you don't have a will, you're going to probate without a will. But the will does not get you out of probate. That's the number one misconception. Certainly in California and in most states, that's true. Number two, the second biggest misconception that I hear all the time is that a, an estate plan or specifically a trust can, have, uh, uh, can it be disputed or contested. People say you, you uh, don't have to go to court if you have a trust. Well, that's just not true. Anybody can sue anybody for anything. And you'll find in life, wherever there's a lot of money involved, there's a lot of lawsuits, particularly in California. The docket and probate court is where trust litigation is um, administered, adjudicated. It's full of trust cases, both trying to be, sometimes it's, it's a question, is the trust uh, valid or not? Or is the trust in effect or not? Or is the asset part of the trust or not? All those are various assets. And then there's, you're administering the trust, there's people who will dispute your right to administer the trust, or you're doing it improperly and they want you removed for incompetence or some sort of mistakes. So there's all kinds of litigation of trust. Certainly having a great estate plan and trust can reduce the likelihood of litigation. And I always tell people, it only works if you do. So for example, my prospect, I was talking about the listing I'm working on. I tell them the longer you wait, the more likely there's litigation. You're just giving them more time to get upset and to find somebody will encourage them to file a lawsuit. The suit, there's nothing good in real estate, there's nothing good that happens to a listing until it sells and you get paid. If you're the seller or the agent. True or not true? Is there anything good that happens? I mean, maybe you get some referrals on the sign, but other than that, there's really nothing good that happens to that escrow. It's all bad. The day you list it, if it closed the next day and you got paid, that'd be great, right? So same in, in trusts, for the day the scene passes, there's nothing good that happens until whatever you went done with the assets is done. And until then, you're just rolling the dice until somebody sues you. That's just how it is. Okay, Cheryl asked a question. If I'm new to, new to focus and probate, what would be a good topic to start with to introduce or do you just go right into sharing content? So Cheryl, what I would say is, I don't know if you've taken any kind of training class. Uh, I am part of Chad Corbett's Probate Mastery. I think it's great. I think it's a fantastic program. Um, and um, I think he does a great job explaining where it comes from. I think uh, Bruce is on the call here, allleads.com. Uh, he does a great job as a coach as well. Um, but what I tell people is you should be learning. Like, for example, I joined the local bar association as an affiliate. I'm not an attorney, but they, just like we as realtors have affiliates that join the association of realtors, lenders and escrow. I'm an affiliate to the attorneys in the bar. I also joined the American Bar Association affiliate and I get their magazine. Probate and property, two of my favorite topics. I want to sit down and read this magazine. And every time I get it, I get one or two good ideas. Now, some of it's over my head. Some of it doesn't really belong to what I do. But I get one or two good ideas or one or two leads every issue. And But here's the thing, Cheryl. If you're constantly learning, just share something that you've learned. Right? So like on this call, did you learn anything today about probate? I don't know if you want to mute yourself. Did you learn anything about probate or trust or anything today? Not about how to get business, but about how probate or trust works. Did we talk about anything that was new to you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I didn't know that trust actually had to go <laughs> the 
go to court. I didn't know that. I thought it was well, just a silent, you know, transfer. Well, let me let me be clear. Trusts don't have to go to court. Okay. But they might. But they might. Yeah. I didn't even know they. You know. There you go. That part. Now, what <laughs> you might do is, sure. Where do you do business? I'm in Maryland, the DMV, DC. DMV, got it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you might want to find an attorney in your area that you'd like to work with. Just ask the question. I'm curious. I'm learning about probate. I just came. Now, it might not be true in Maryland. Mm -hmm. My guess is it is. My guess is it's similar, but I don't know Maryland law at all. I'm in California. Okay. So you might ask. I'm just curious. I was on a call with somebody who really knows California. He doesn't know Maryland so well. I know the goal of an estate plan with a trust is to avoid going to court. Do trusts ever end up being litigated in court and, and ask and to find out and take mm -hmm. some notes. And then you just share that or video that. Say, you know, would you mind if I asked that question? I videoed you and shared it on my social media. What attorney would say no to that answer? Stupid attorney. Because you're mm -hmm. offering for free to publicize them and share their information, right? Right. So, yeah. And then so the other part of that was like, I don't have a social media presence. I have an account getting ready to go, <laughs> but I didn't know, you know, what you, what was your first one? Your first one might've went straight in because you were already probate. So I was no, wondering no, how other no. people introduced themselves, you know, as you, or you just randomly just one day, your first video, just boom, probate. Okay. <laughs> well, I was in Facebook and I just did a video into Facebook and I don't think anybody saw it, but yeah, I just did one. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You got to start somewhere and you can do it every day for hundred days. You'll get good at it after hundred days. I promise. Awesome. Thank you. Sure. There's some free coaching in that one, by the way. <laughs> uh, okay. Miguel, what's up, Miguel? Uh, let's get you unmuted. What's up? Hey, buddy. Uh, thank you for, uh, for sharing your info. Just wanted to add a comment. Um, oftentimes um, you say, how can I get to a attorney? How can I get their attention? Right. Uh huh. What works for me is uh, you as a realtor, you can also have some ideas or how, or you can refer in business. So you can come with a, you can you come from contribution. You you can talk to any private attorney and say, hey, I also have clients who want to do a living trust. They're maybe in need of family law or anything, whatever their expertise. So they can see because the attorney look at the realtor as a somebody who doesn't know much to do, you know. So um, you can always position yourself as an expert by also giving them some uh, some chance to perhaps they can refer business back and forth as a win-win. So that's my comment. Well, I when I teach a class called the Eleven Ways to Generate Listings in Private Real Estate it's on my YouTube channel, and one of the eleven ways is I think every realtor should be promoting their clients, prospects, and past clients to getting an estate plan if they don't have one already. Contact all those that don't to invite them to see a program. Those that do need to update it, review it every period of time. And I've interviewed on this channel numerous estate planning services and attorneys. And so I think you all should find one or two that you feel comfortable recommending or inviting people to share and invite your customers to that. And when they need the plan, you invite them, you refer them to an attorney, that's how you get business. So Miguel's right on about all that. Um, Courtney had another good suggestion, which is you put your browser on incognito do a google search on probate and your market area like probate uh, maryland or probate baltimore or probate washington dc and you'll see questions people are asking and research those questions and make videos on those i always feel like make the video on what you learned right because you now have learned the topic and share that with the next person that's another good way to get some content also chat gpt you can ask questions what are common questions people the consumers ask about probate in the state of Maryland, and you'll get a list of questions that way as well. But again, I would try to find something you learned, and then you can share that information. Usually your state website and your county website has great content on probate. If you've read that, you'll learn one or two things and share those one or two things. Um, okay, so uh, thank you for sharing your contact info, Tasha and Miguel. And then Divine asked me about the trust litigation is your time limit to dispute things. So again, anybody can sue me for anything. There is a, a form called a notice of proposed action where it's filed with a court and then you would send notice to all parties saying, we plan to do this. Generally, if they've been given fair notice, 
15 days if they don't respond, or they might sign a uh, acknowledgement that they got it. Generally, the court will, that's a high standard now to get over. You can't say, I didn't know you're selling the property. And the court would will, will kind of lessen the presumption that you did the wrong thing. It's certainly not a guarantee. Again, it may consume me for anything. But the reason why we do in probate with full authority, notice of proposed action, the title company requires it. And on, test, uh, and on trust, it's a good practice as well, if you believe there's an objector out there to avoid that. Bill, can I expound on that question a little? Sure. I just inherited a, a property. My sister passed in December, and I was the primary beneficiary. She had she had just, um, uh, how do, what do you call it, renewed her um, trust uh, in what, October or November, but the previous trust that she had 2018, I was still named as primary. She just changed the secondary trustee, successor trustee. So my attorney sent out a notice to um, my siblings and the children of um, my deceased siblings and, you know, sent them a copy of the trust and everything. And so he told me they have four months to contest it. Well, they called him and told him that they wanted to contest it last week, but July 3rd was the end of a four month period. And so he really hasn't done anything with it because he's not their attorney. So, you know, he's like, go get your own attorney. Well, so that's why, I don't know about, for, Divine, where, where are you located? In California, Diamond Bar. In Diamond Bar, that's where you used to live. Uh, by the way, tomorrow in Diamond Bar, nine o'clock, agents helping agents at the Holiday Inn in Diamond Bar. I'd love to have you come, free coffee, breakfast. Any agents welcome to come. Um, oh, what if I'm not an agent? What do you do? I'm wholesaling. Special for you, Divine. Come by, I'll buy a cup of coffee or breakfast. Okay, sounds Just good. Just anybody you. else has to be an agent, but you, you're the exception. You're special, okay? Okay, thank you. <laughs> but what I'll say is, um, I don't know about four, having to wait four months. That's interesting. I don't know the particulars. I'm not an attorney. But what I can say is when there's a 15-day notice, what I, tell, what I tell my client is, I don't know the law, but here's what I know. If we can close out on the 15th day, we want all contingencies cleared. And I feel like a, a sprinter at the Olympics and how your dash, like we're ready to go. The second that, that notice is gone, boom, we're recording it. Because what you don't want is if the notice period is up July 3rd, and then here it is July 7th, and they file an objection, you have two problems. Number one, they're objecting to your sale. That's a problem. Number two, the other heirs who aren't objecting to sell could say, hey, you should have closed by now. Because you delayed things, you created the opportunity for a lawsuit, and all this money being wasted on lawsuits, your fault. There is nothing good that happens when that period's up. And that's why I tell people, we do this proposed action. We're ready to go. Everything's ready to go. All the papers are ready to go. No stories, no excuses. No lender needs this. Everything's done. Because at day 16, when the objection shows up, we want to say, sorry, not sorry. Right? right. That's your job. Yeah, I'm not selling the property though. I'm keeping it and I'm refinancing it or, you know, putting it in my name. And so, then what's the it. notice of proposed action about? What is it you're noticing them that you're going to do? Well, they have not done anything yet. They just called my estate attorney and said that they want to contest it. The first thing they asked contest for what? That I, I don't know, the trust. They haven't stated why because my sister, um, what do you call that when you, um, Restate the trust? Yeah, when she, she just changed the beneficiary. Anyway, she changed it in November. Amended. When she amended it, thank you, so, when she was sick. Um, right. But her 2018 was, I was still listed as primary. She just wanted to change the secondary person. So I have no idea. They haven't told my attorney what they're contesting. And he's kind of taken a no, you know, like no approach because he's you know, like, I'm not your attorney. As a courtesy, I sent you a copy of the previous trust because they asked for that. And his rationale was send it to them because you were primary beneficiary before. And so they won't lawyer up. 
Well, after he sent it to them, they, he, you know, they got notice. He, they sent a letter to him saying they wanted to contest it and was asking for a case number. And he's like, there's no case number and I'm not the right person to call if you want to contest it. You need to get your own attorney. Something, something doesn't sound right because you can only contest taking some kind of action, right? I mean, if you're not doing, if there's nothing to be done, if the, for example, the, the property is still titled in the name of the trust, Right. Yes, and I just put in, I said, I better do something quick because I'm working on refinancing it. And they told me that they would take care of the title change during escrow or title. Right. And then as of yesterday, I called my attorney and told him, just go ahead and put in the, um, you know, affidavit to um, change the title. You bring up another very important point, which is, you know, when, when you inherit property, even in a trust, so it's in the mom and dad trust to the son trust or daughter trust when you deed that property if you're just doing a deed and record it but it's not part of a transaction there's no title insurance and so what happens is it's a it's a higher bar when it comes time to sell the property and it's easier to contest versus if you refinance it you're getting title insurance on that deed so the title company is kind of putting their stamp on it Anybody's objecting has to really complain to the insurance company to get paid rather than being able to sue you directly. So to me, uh, getting it refinanced is a good move if you need to, obviously. But at the same time, you're going to get the talent. You'll do the transfer in that refinance. I think that's, a, that's also a very good move. So, Okay, good. But I get it done quickly. Also, rates went up uh, today quite a bit. But I would get it done quickly because there's nothing good that happens until the transfer is completed. Yes. Okay, thank you. And I'll see you in the morning. Thank you for the Look invitation. Look forward to it. Okay. Okay, I think I saw the questions on the YouTube and Facebook. Thank you guys for participating there. We really appreciate uh, you being there. If you're watching after the fact, uh, we'll, I'll circle back and hit everybody. For those who participated live today, thank you so much. And thanks for our regulars for coming and seeing you. We do this every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific at probateweekly.com. And if you missed this or want to see the, the past episodes, you can go to episodes probateweekly.com. I'd say call or text, and text or text me, but my text isn't working. It's a whole drama. You can call me or you can email me, uh, bill at the laprobateexpert.com. I'm on social media at Bill Gross Probate. We just changed my social media to at Bill Gross Probate. Hope to see you guys soon. Thank you for being here today. Make today your best day ever. Thank you, everybody.